Today, we're going to go into dreams and visions. And I believe that God has given us all a great dream. And he's purposed in his spirit that which we should accomplish. We should accomplish these things. And here's the one thing that you have to understand about the Lord. He never gives you anything to do that he, already, that he doesn't already know that you can't do. He knows in advance that you can accomplish the dream. So today I'm going to deal with the prevailing dream, <clears throat> which gives me vision, which gives me purpose, which makes me live, which makes me want to face another day, which makes me want to see the church of Jesus Christ be that strong wall of defense. I want to see that. I want to experience that. I want to see people rejoice once again, laugh once again. I believe it's coming. I believe it's here with us right now. But yesterday, something hit me in my spirit in reference to the prevailing dream. What do we need to do as a church, as a church family? And this song came into my mind. See all the wounded, a song I used to sing, Wounded Soldiers. He says, see all the wounded, hear all their desperate cries for help. Hear me, people of God. There are people crying today that are alone today that are crying for help. And this struck at my spirit. See all the wounded. Hear all the desperate cries for help. Seeking for refuge and for peace. What are we here to do? What are we here to cre We're creating a dream to awaken the world. But why are we creating this? So that people that are seeking for refuge and peace can find it. Oh man, I feel the spirit in this. See all the wounded, hear all the desperate cries for help, seeking for refuge and for peace. And now listen, our comrades, our brothers are suffering. Come let us meet them, meet them at their need. Don't let another wounded soldier die. And that's what the Spirit said to me early in the morning. Had not thought about that in years. I said, Lord, what kind of ministry is this? He said, it is a ministry to reach wounded People, people that are hurting, people that are lost, people that have lost their way, lost direction. So I went on to say the world is suffering. Yes, we know that the world is suffering and they're out of balance. But let me just add this. Our Christian brothers and sisters are also suffering. You say, well, why? Because they've not come to the revelation or the knowledge of the truth of who Jesus is. They know about Jesus, but they've not They've not equated Jesus and how he works in their life. That is important. So not only is the world suffering, but our Christian brothers and sisters are suffering. As a matter of fact, mankind is in a state of confusion. And God has called his body together to bring us out of confusion, out of darkness, into his marvelous light. And I want you to hear me. We've been called not to add to the confusion Sometimes we get to thinking we can solve the problems by, through our own abilities. And all we do is add to the confusion. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, I need you to bring clarity and solution. This is a church, a place that should bring clarity and solution. Let me say it again. Clarity and solution. If you're having problems in your home today, you need clarity and solution. If you're having problems in your body, you need clarity and solution. 
That's what we need, and it can come through the power and might of Jesus Christ, through the great power of his Holy Spirit. So we've been called not to add to the darkness, not to add to the confusion, but clarity and solution. Now hear this. If we are, if we are to help, there must be a clear, we must present a clear signal. You can't have many voices saying different things and us all accomplish what God has asked us to do. I'm of the opinion that, that God is not speaking so many different things to so many different people. I believe he's like, excuse this frail illustration, but this is just coming to me now. It's like a television station or a radio station. They're playing a song. It goes out to all the receivers around the world or around the nation, and it's playing the same song. The problem is in the body of Christ, we think God is, he's got that and he's speaking thousands upon different thousands upon different things to his body. Now, son, I don't believe that. I believe he's saying one thing, and he's saying it with clarity, and he's saying it with, with the only thing that God knows. He's speaking a truth. He's speaking a truth, and we have to understand that it's that one channel. God, I hope I don't forget this. He's speaking with one channel. He's speaking with one voice. He's speaking with one word. And guess what? We're the ones that must accomplish it. Here's where that scripture comes into play. And this is nowhere in my outline today. He said, many are called or few are chosen. And that's, here's the reason why. God is speaking the word, but few are tuning into it. Few tune into it because we have our own agenda. I'll get into that in a moment. So if we're to help, we must be, send forth a clear signal to the world needs to see clarity, not one distorted by our own agenda. I have my own agenda. I have my own way. This is the way I want to build this church. And there's where we make a mistake. We can't build the church. Jesus Christ has to build his church. So I get my agenda in the way of God's agenda. And here's what's got to happen. God's not going to change, but what he might do is move you out of the way. And if God moves you out of the way, trust me when I tell you, you've been moved. I don't want that to happen. I want to fall in line with God. I want to hear that clear signal that he's sending from the heavenly realm. I want to pick up on that channel and know that God is in control and God is working in my life. And I'm bringing clarity to the body of Christ. How can the world see clarity or enjoy clarity if the body of Christ has no clarity? As a matter of fact, when I was young, and now I'm a little bit older, but when I was young, the church was a place that people ran to in difficult times. You know that. Pastor Mike sitting here, my wife, uh, his wife, Kathy, and Pastor Ariel, and this, as I, I take this today, you understand people used to enjoy going to church. They'd run to the church. If there was difficulties, where'd they go? They go to the church. And now it's a place people run from. What is the problem? They run from the church instead of running to the church. They forget God's house instead of remembering what God has done. In my preliminary prayer before we came online today, I spoke about the thousands of people that have been healed, saved, and delivered in this place. But how many people still come through the doors and give God glory, give God thanks? They don't because they forget what God has done. I say this must change this coming year. We must change. Say that with me. Not only this must change, but we must change. We need to find the people that want to run to the house of the Lord. And I want you to hear this. If you're not committed, you say, well, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just tired and I'm wore out. And I just, you know, I don't have time for church. But you have time for Walmart. 
You have time for, for Publix. You have time to go bowling. You have time to go to the movie. You have time to go out and eat, but not time for the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell you your problem. You've taken God and set him on a shelf. You've taken the work of God and set him aside. And that's the only way I know to say it. It may offend you, but it's the truth. So when I was young, they'd run to the church. Now that I'm older, they run away from the church. Why? Because people are not committed. Now hear this. If you are committed, then those around you will follow your lead. Did you hear that? If you are committed, people around you will follow, <clears throat> will follow your lead. Here's the problem with that. Conversely, if you're not committed, people will follow your lead. Have you seen people come to church and they're so happy and rejoicing and they don't show up for two weeks? Why? Because they've lost that commitment, that level of I, I need to be in the house of the Lord. It's important for me to be there. You see, it's important for us all to come together because somewhere in our gathering, there's an answer. Somewhere in our gathering, there's a healing. Somewhere in our gathering, there's a deliverance. And I'm going to tell you, somewhere in our gathering, there's revelation. We see clearly what God is speaking through that channel. God, thank you. Through the channel of the Holy Spirit. So many of us miss it. We have been called. Say that to me. We have been called. Matter of fact, if I'm reading it correctly, Matthew 5 verse 14 says, uh, you're the light of the world. Who's he talking to? He's talking to his children. He's talking to the people of God. You are the light of the world. He says you're a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hid. That's who we should be. He says men do not light a candle and put it under a basket or under a bushel, but on a candlestick. Most of us want to hide our relationship with God. But I don't want to hide my relationship. I want people to see that, that Alan Meshagin there's a power around about me. He speaks to me. He guides me. He directs me. And anything that's ever happened to me negative in my life is not God's fault. It's Alan Meshagin's fault. Are you with me on this? So I, want, I don't want to put it under a bushel or under a basket. I want to put it on a candlestick so it can give light unto the whole household. Let your light, he says. So let your light so shine before men. Let it shine forth that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what the church is all about. That's what God's people's all about. The prevailing dream. That's what this is all about, this message. The prevailing dream. What does prevailing mean? Prevailing means it's forceful. It's mighty. It's a dream that cannot be altered because God has given it. So what have we been called to be? What have we been called to do? We've been called to be light bearers. You're a light bearer. We're called to walk, Pastor Ariel. We're called to walk in the prevailing dream of the heavenlies. Hear this, the prevailing dream of the heavenlies. People miss that. I'm not being called just so I can preach uh, a thousand messages. I've not been called just so I can say a few weak prayers. I've been called for change. I've been called to make the difference, to be the difference, to reach a world that's unreachable in some people's perspective. I believe that the world is very reachable. So we've been called to be light bearers to this prevailing dream of the heavenlies. Our calling is this. And this struck a chord at me early this morning in Luke 4. How should we be, East West Church, body of Christ? 
We should say what Jesus said as he talked, spoke of the old prophet, spoke words from the old prophets in Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon us. Well, if the spirit of the Lord is upon you, what's going to happen? If the spirit of the Lord is upon you, what's going to happen? He will anoint you to preach the gospel to the poor. People that don't even know it's coming at them. They don't even feel like they, they, they have. They have any hope of hearing anything, anything good. There you are. Hear the gospel to the poor. He has sent us. Make it personal. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted. Do you realize how many people that are brokenhearted today, that are confused, that are lonely, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind? What is he talking about? Physical blindness? Maybe, but I believe he's talking about spiritual blindness here where people cannot see the truth. As the whole of Israel was at that time, they were blinded. The recovering of the sight of the mind to set at liberty them that are bruised. What did I say? See all the wounded. See those that are bruised. Hear all their desperate cries for help. And let me tell you, the only voice that needs to be heard now is not the president's voice. It's not the Congress voice. It's the voice of Jesus Christ coming forth from the oracles of the household of faith. That's the truth. Then he said to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And I believe this is the year that is the acceptable year of the Lord. That we move from first gear to second gear and we start revving the engine up and going forward for God like never before. You say, Bishop, aren't you a little tired? You're getting older now and you're wore out and you know you've preached thousands upon thousands of sermons. I mean, let's face it, you're wore out. No, I'm not wore out because something happens to me when I see the finish lines before me. I don't get weary because when I see the finish line, I start pressing even harder. I start going even faster because God is going to do something marvelous in our lives. So we must open our eyes we must, this church, this body, the body of Christ, we must open our eyes to hurting, depressed, and lonely humanity. My wife told me something that I did not know. There's a lot of things I do not know. But she said that loneliness, especially through the, this COVID pan, this pandemic, and veterans that sit alone by themselves, Loneliness is, the, is the destructive to the body. This is interesting. It's a, it is as destructive to the body as smoking a half a pack of cigarettes a day. Think about that for a moment. Loneliness, it's that destructive. So what are we called to do? To let people see that there's something beyond that loneliness. I can be lonely. I can be by myself. That doesn't mean I have to be lonely. Because I know he's there with me. We have been called to build a place where the bruised and the wounded can be made whole. And that's a lot of people. Now hear this. The world doesn't need another sermon. What? Pastor Mike scratching his head. The world doesn't need uh, just another sermon to tell them how bad they are. Another sermon to tell them that they're in sin, they're going to hell. We just don't need another sermon like that, but we need one that leads them to the light of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the prevailing dream that we have must go forward. 
It's prevailing. It's forceful. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It's coming across that clear channel. And we're hearing it today. What do we do? Oh, I'm going to tell you what we have, we have to do. 2 Samuel 7, 13, and I'm going to make it personal here. We that are listening to this today, we must build a house for his name. That's 2 Samuel 7. We must build a house for his name and establish the throne of his kingdom forever. We do that. We lift up the name of Jesus. So what are you going to do with that, Bishop Allen? I'll tell you what I'm going to do, 1 Kings 5, 5. And behold, I, you, say it, me, and behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord God, a place that sets captives free, that heals, binds up the wounded. As the Lord spake unto David, my father, saying, Thy son whom I will set upon thy throne in thy room, he shall build a house unto my name. He's talking about Solomon. And he built it, but... He's reaching out today, thousands of years later, speaking to us, saying, listen, my, my, my house has been desecrated. My house has been left and in, 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 it's almost been destroyed. We can't do that any longer. We must build it up. This is the house that when it is built to the honor and glory of God, will build and establish your house. When you build the house of God, It'll build your house. It'll build your home. It'll build your dwelling. I want to ask this question. Has God ever helped you? Has God ever helped you? Then we need to offer a place where God can help other people just like God helped you. An environment where people can be blessed. I'd say this. We've hidden God long enough. It's time to reveal him to the world. We've hidden him long enough. We didn't feel like people were good enough to hear our message. We didn't feel like people were holy enough to hear our message. But I'm going to tell you, all, all can come who will as far as Jesus is concerned. He doesn't care about your backstory. He cares about your forward story. Amen? So we are light bearers to reveal him to the world Moved on by the prevailing dream of Jesus Christ. It's time to let everyone see what we have seen and hear what we have heard and experience what we have experienced. How can that happen when we partner with, with each other? We need to partner with each other. We need to come into agreement. We need to come into a house and realize that God wants us as a family to come together. Creating a dream to awaken the world. My dream is to come into here and see people worshiping and praising God and people walking through the door and being healed the minute they walk through the door. And if they need salvation, they, I don't have to preach a message to get them convicted. They walk in and they feel the convicting power of Jesus Christ. It's when we partner together with each other. We partner with the Holy Spirit to build a place where lives can be restored and elevated then there will be fresh oil in our own life's lamp and we will burn with a great anointing. We will burn bright with this great anointing. Oh, Jesus. I want to read this verse and then I'm going to close out. First Chronicles twenty-two nineteen. What will I do? I'm going to set my heart and my soul to seek the Lord God. That's what we need to do this year. We need to set our heart and our soul to seek the Lord God and arise, therefore, and build the sanctuary. I'm going to give a definition in just a moment. And build the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the Ark of the Covenant 
We have something far greater than the Ark of the Covenant. We have the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God living in our midst. To bring in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house, that is to be built into the name of the Lord. Now, I want to say this when it said build up the sanctuary. The sanctuary is not what you think. It's not a building. What we have to build is the people that make up the sanctuary. Are you with me? See, for so long we see this facility here, this is a sanctuary, and we can call it rightfully so a sanctuary, but it's not the sanctuary God is seeing. God could care less about this carpet, these seats, this building. It means nothing to him. But what matters to him is the people that occupy this place, the people that worship and praise him in this place. And when he said, build my sanctuary, he's saying to me, for those that are listening, he said, build my people up, bind up the bruised, bind up the wounded. He said, and then it becomes, watch this, a living sanctuary, which is holy and acceptable unto God. Isn't that powerful? I'm going to stop right there. I'll be preaching much more of this later on today. But I want you to know that God is in control. God is not slack concerning his promises. God is sending out a clear signal. It's just we're not hearing it. We're hearing distortion because our antennas are not up. We're not, we're not in a prayerful attitude. We're not in an open, our hearts are not opened. We walk around in a blinded state. We, we walk around in, 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 in our own dark in our own darkness, not in his light. Listen, the more I live, the more I see that Christ is, is involved in everything that I do. He's involved in everything that I do. And through this pandemic, I see that God is much more in control than we thought. He knows exactly what he's doing and how, how he will bring something good out of all this. Now, I want to pray for you because I believe God has something good for you. I believe that we will be built into a holy sanctuary, a living sanctuary. I believe this year it's, it's imperative that we see the wounded, that we walk in the prevailing dream, the powerful, unquenchable, that dream that cannot be stopped. Once that dream is in my heart, nothing can take it away from me. So I want to pray for you right now. For those of you that need a dream, my son, we talked about it this morning. There has to be a time that you take a, a piece of paper and write down your dream and make it plain. Write it down prayerfully today. Put it somewhere in your house. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it on your, your dresser. And read those, that dream over and over and over again. Because if it's a God-given dream, it will come to pass. Let me pray. Father, I thank you so very much. I thank you, Lord, that you've been so kind and generous to us all. I thank you, Lord, that you let me see the living sanctuary. It's not just a building. It's not just seats. It's not just a parking lot. It's a living sanctuary. Heaven and earth can pass away, but the living sanctuary shall never be moved. And I thank you, God, for allowing me to speak truth. I thank you, Father, that you've allowed me to live long enough to speak this truth. So, Lord, bless everyone that's hearing this today. If they don't know you as Lord and Savior, let them confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And for those that need healing today, let them realize that they can be healed even now. Let them know that, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit grip us all, take hold of us all, Lord, so that we accomplish what you want to accomplish on the planet Earth. 
We're here, oh God, for your purpose. We're here for your joy. We're here for your pleasure. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And they all would say, amen.